Welcome, guys, to the week three matchup preview episode. Uh, I've got Garrett Guillen and Andrew here with me, uh, better known as B-Easy, the guy who's reaping the league right now with his high score. Say hi, guys. What's up? Good luck to everybody this week. <laughs> so uh, we'll start right off. We're going to do matchups. As always, we'll go by the way of my screen is set up. So we'll start with uh, me versus Jake. This week, uh, interesting matchup, obviously, with Jake's team with such a high ceiling and potentially low floor here with the weakness at running back. Um, my team is obviously not a very high floor either, considering my uh, flex options still hasn't been figured out. And I obviously have Larry Fitzgerald, who is on potentially one of the worst offenses in the league. Um, so since Garrett likes to give me the hard truth, I'll let Garrett start it off and uh, give his opinion of the matchup. And Andrew can comment as he pleases. Well, I think your team is going to do a little bit better than you expect this week. I like Trey Burton a lot against Arizona, even though it's a way they've given up a score to a tight end in each of the past two games. I think they've kind of made a concerted effort to give Jordan Howard a lot more touches. Cooper Cup is going to avoid Casey Hayward and the rest of that uh, Chargers secondary, so he's figuring to get a lot of targets this week. But like you said, Jake's team just has such a high ceiling with uh, Juju playing Tampa, uh, Baltimore, you know, Denver-Baltimore figures to be a pretty high-scoring game. And then obviously Julio Jones could easily go off for 30 at any given time. I think I would give a slight edge to you, but it's definitely close. Yeah, and I might just add, uh, I think that that Collins running backs are definitely more solidified, especially when you look at Tevin Coleman. With Devontae Freeman being out this week, he's obviously going to be getting a lot of uh, looks. Mm-hmm. And as we've seen in the past, New Orleans has had a very porous defense. So yeah. between Jordan Howard and uh, Coleman, that's going to be a pretty potent one-two punch versus the, I think on the other side of the spectrum, James White and Lindsey. Um, yes, they've had great starts of the year, but I think Lindsey is going to be a little more dependent on game script than everybody thinks and uh with sony michelle coming into that offense i think james white's gonna maybe struggle to see the to see the volume that he has in weeks past yeah definitely good points uh, i agree with both of you uh the only uh thing making me feel a little bit better about jake's high ceiling this week is that if juju blows up then hopefully i can feel a couple of those points with ben roethlisberger but like we said, you know, even after the post-draft rankings, Jake's team is not one you really want to face any given week. Um, so who's your guys, if you have to pick, who do you give the uh, edge to? I think I give it to Colin just based off of, like Andrew said, Tevin Coleman really, you know, much more versatile than Freeman facing a pretty terrible Saints defense at home. So I think Colin's got the win this week, but pretty close. Yeah, I'm going to say and- I'm gonna say uh, Colin gets the nod here. Um I think Ben's going to pull through for him. All right. We'll move on next to uh, James with the big old droopers versus Kurt, who is the uh, surprise league leader at this point in the season. James with the big pickup of Pat Mahomes a couple weeks back. Uh, I mean, his ceiling is 
infinite at this point as we've seen and if Garoppolo can keep up against that Kansas City's horrible defense there's a potential for a lot of points there whereas Cousins is going against the easiest matchup potentially in the league this year and might not need to throw for that many uh, yards or scores so a little bit of a less ceiling there for Kurt um, and but that goes for James with Stefan Dick being uh, his starting receiver um, you know James's team is a lot of guys who last year wouldn't have really been that valuable you got like Theo Riddick Kenny Galladay Robert Woods was all right last year but uh you know they're really piecing together solid weeks and he has Gronk who can put up a massive score any week Kurt with uh Melvin Gordon um you know really looking strong this year the Rams might put up a challenge and uh Ajayi with that injury still waiting to see there but he's already showed us what his ceiling is so there's not a lot to say there outside of uh, how his team has kind of changed with the trade there. Um, you know, he's a big believer in Jamison Crowder and what he's looking for there is the floor, a couple of receptions a game. So, uh, Andrew, who do you uh, think, you know, has the ma- edge in this matchup here and how would you kind of break down these teams? It's tough because the the thing that I initially look at, or the, the thing that jumps out to me on both teams is the strength at running back. Specifically, we have Melvin Gordon, but he's playing a really tough defense in the Rams. And then we go to David Johnson playing arguably top two or three defense in the league in Chicago. Um, I just don't see David Johnson getting it done, even though we're seeing or we're hearing uh, some comments out of their coach that they're going to be trying to get the ball to him in the flats a little bit more. I just trust Melvin Gordon in that offense a lot more. Um it's interesting because you also have Tampa Bay's one-two punch in Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson on opposing teams. So that could really go either way with how Fitzmagic has been playing. But just really from how it lights out Stefan Diggs and Patrick Mahomes have played so far, I think I'm going to have to give my pick to James uh, with Curtis giving the hit, receiving his first loss of the year. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, David Johnson, like you said, um, it really comes down to the coach, whether that's coach speak or if they're really going to get him some more work. You know, if you look at his uh, every one of his rushes from last week, he had 13 carries and 12 of them were up the middle, you know, and that's not the type of running back David Johnson is. So, you know, it really is just dependent on how they use him this week. But it could easily, even if they do kind of expand the usage, be a down week with that ridiculous front seven for Chicago. Uh, Garrett, do you have any comments on this matchup? I definitely agree that Arizona's offense has been pretty stagnant thus far. And like I said, it might be coach speak, but it's pretty clear that David Johnson is their one and only weapon. And to, to your point about Chicago's defense, obviously very stacked with Danny Trevathan, obviously Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks. But they haven't really played a great running team thus far. They were up on Green Bay. Green Bay's not a historically great running team. Seahawks running back situation is a question. Um, I think Curtis definitely gets his first loss. Galladay's prime for a big a big day against New England. As Andrew said, Diggs definitely going to feast on Buffalo. Um, and I think Kurt's team, after the robbery that occurred, can't even play a Jai and Crowder, you know, at best is going to get 12 points. All right. Um, so you both obviously give the edge to James and just looking at this matchup and the, the matchups each player is individually facing. I, I definitely have to agree there. So next we'll go on to Garrett, your matchup versus George. Uh, Garrett with the toughest breaks of the year so far in his first two losses, looking to get his first win here. Um, two solid quarterbacks, you know, Cam Newton obviously has the rushing floor there, but 
really kind of an even matchup any given week, putting Brady up against any top quarterback. Two solid receivers there to start it out with, and then some other guys. You know, it's interesting to see uh, D.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole on a post Um Marvin Jones and Demaryius Thomas at this point in the season are essentially the same player, you know, touchdown upside guys who are going to get five to seven catches a game pretty guaranteed. Um, you know, running backs are interesting. You got Fournette and Drake. Uh, if Fournette plays this week, that's two really solid options. And then Barkley and Connor just have the massive upside. Two solid tight ends, Ertz, obviously, with the edge there. And then the uh, flex positions is pretty negligible. There's no real edge to either player there. So more, I think, a really a lot closer of a matchup than the projections say. So, um, Garrett, since it's your matchup, I'll let you kind of put your comment in first. I almost don't want to pick myself just because I feel like that's been what's hampering me these past couple weeks. Um, that being said, I really like my matchups this week. Um, I think Barkley can do a lot against Houston. James Conner's going to tear up Tampa for sure. I think the big question is honestly going to be the flex, just because Marquise Goodwin is yet to play after getting a bruised thigh in the first game, and he has a really fat matchup against Kansas City. So I think, you know, being Jimmy G's number one receiver last year, he could stand for a breakout game if he plays finally. Andrew, do you have any comments on that? I think it's really going to come down to Leonard Fournette because he's going to be the first domino to fall in this matchup, I say. So if Leonard Fournette doesn't play, then I really like Keelan Cole, um, as well as Westbrook. But I think Cole has the better talent and skill set to really demand a lot more targets. So I'm going to say that Fournette, if he plays, I think it's going to be close, but I'm going to give it to Garrett. But if Fournette doesn't play, I think it's going to be a landslide for Garrett. Yeah, that's definitely a big uh, focal point in Georgia's team right now. So it's a wait and see. But at this point, it looks like Fournette's going to play. I mean, he does have a history of injuries like that. So you never know if, especially if they're blowing out Tennessee, if he gets pulled later on, there's always a threat for a guy like that. But it's definitely a solid point there that it really hits on whether or not his top running back is available this week. Um, I think I agree that I give the edge to Garrett, but I understand his uh, hesitancy in picking his own team after such heartbreaking losses the past few weeks. I think I think the universe has to give it to Garrett this week, and I, I hate to say it against George, who's also had some tough breaks, but his team just isn't as strong. But I, I think there's you know better days ahead for George's team. It's not like he has a weak team. He's just had some stiff competition. Um, so we'll move on next to Jay versus Joe. So we've seen both sides of what Joe's team can do in weeks one and two, massive scores and just failing to show up for the week. Jay, you know, is really having a tough start to the year, and he's got a lot of talent there. It's good to see him willing to put Derrick Henry on the bench finally, and he's got a really solid potential uh, play this week with Latavius Murray going against the Bills. Even if Dalvin Cook plays with his injury, you have to expect that Minnesota will be blowing them out. So Latavius Murray will get significant playing time. Um, but, you know, I, there's not really much more for me to say here, just introducing these teams because we've seen what Joe's team can do both sides. We don't have to speculate. And, you know, Jay really needs some improvements, but it looks like he's trending in the right direction. So, uh, Andrew, what, what do you think about this matchup? I, I've, I've been hesitant throughout the year to really expect a lot. I shouldn't say expect a lot, but expect the level of production we've seen from Kamara. 
but I really expect it just to continue. He's one of the more elusive players in the, in the league. And honestly, a 25-point projection might even be too light for him. So I, I think that's a, a big positive for Joe. Um, a big question mark, though, is Carson Wentz. This is going to be his first start since, honestly, I don't, I don't know how many weeks it's been since he's last played. But he is playing the Colts, so it's, it's a good first game to play. Um, and then looking at Jay's squad, Devontae Adams should do, should do pretty well. I, I, I don't believe Josh Norman does a lot of shadow coverage. They may move him over on top if, he, if they do. I still think that Aaron Rodgers is going to get on the ball and Devontae Adams is just a superior talent. Honestly, this is a tough one, but I'm going to I'm going to have to go with Joe. I think that between Kamara, Antonio Brown, and one of the best playmakers in the league, Tyreek Hill, who I believe actually had the fastest route ran this year, um, I'm going to say I give this one to Joe. Garrett, do you have anything to say? No, I definitely agree. Uh, like Andrew said, Kamara, in what figures to be a shootout, Kamara is maybe the most explosive player on the field, even above Julio Jones at this point, just because of how the Saints are able to utilize him. Tyreek Hill against, you know, at home against San Francisco. Mahomes is playing crazy. They're definitely going to be too spread out to guard all the weapons. I think Hill gets at least one score this week. Um, AB has also been relatively quiet, at least for him these past couple weeks. And I think with all the noise going on with him and playing Tampa, it's going to be a shootout. He's probably going to get a lot more work than expected. Um, I think Jay's only hope here is really I see he's finally got Brandon Cooks back in the lineup. He figures to see some Casey Hayward coverage this week. Goff could have a tough week against that Chargers defense in a in a heavy rivalry game. Um, but I think I'd go with Joe as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you really can't bet against a team like Joe's at this point. And the projection is, you know, staggering when you look at it as from Jay's point of view, you know, you're projected to lose by 25 points. But the way that Joe's roster is constructed and these type of players have to be projected that high because no analyst will project Antonio Brown for 15 points. But Joe clearly has a lot of weak points with starting Philip Dorsett as his third receiver, O.J. Howard, who if he doesn't break off another 75-yard touchdown could be kind of useless. Um, so Jay really obviously has potential to actually take Joe down this week, especially with that, you know, Jared Goff and Brandon Cook stack. It's, um, you know, it, it's a tough defense, but if it goes off, that's a lot of points there and it can really put him ahead for a potential win if Joe's team doesn't show up again this week. Um, I, I will just add one thing, though. With sure. Cook having that soft tissue injury, we could see that game get out of hand pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And if we do, we could see a heavy dose of – uh, Latavius Murray, which right. could really surprise to the upside. So that's just something to consider. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. Even, but and then and, and there's, oh, go ahead. I was going to say on the flip side that Deion Lewis also has one of the least favorable matchups in the league this week at Jacksonville. Coming off a win against the Patriots, they're going to be even hotter than defense as always. Mariota coming off an injury, their ta- their offensive line still really banged up. So any added points you could see from Murray could just as easily be detracted from Deion Lewis's PPR uh, potential. 
Yeah, I do agree. The only way I see that uh, differently than you is that potentially since the uh, Titans, and you, especially if they have Blaine Gabbard in there, aren't going to be able to attack Jacksonville through the air downfield. You could see a lot of receptions from DM Lewis just trying to move the chains here and there. Um, so in, in a PPR league, I, I see him having a decent floor this week just out of necessity. But I definitely agree that there's a potential to fail against Jacksonville for any player. Um, we'll keep going with uh, David versus Manny. Um, another week where the projection is a huge difference here, but um, I really don't see a massive difference in team potential. Um, Manny really has a lot of high upside guys here with Randall Cobb, Gio Bernard, Ted Ginn, um, but th- there's a lot of potential for failure there too. You know, Gio Bernard in his five games without, or as the main running back has averaged about 16 PPR points. So he really has a pretty safe floor, but um, you know, projecting him at 17 to me seems a little high. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Kareem Hunt, who hasn't really proven or hasn't really done what he did last year quite yet. And, you know, the question for David is obviously his receiver core, but I think he's made a lot of good moves and actually has a pretty reliable squad of wide receiver twos and threes there. And uh, as we all know, he has the most lethal running back core in the league so much that he has to sit Dalvin Cook even if he plays. Um, So, you know, it's really just kind of a conflict of two different, completely different team constructs. Um, Garrett, do you want to break down the matchup for your dad? Well, I think obviously the, like you said, the Gio Bernard projection is a little bit high. I think even the Kareem Hunt and Aguilar ones are definitely a little bit, a little bit skewed. Um, but not even playing favorites with my dad. I think David's matchups this week are a little bit less favorable than they appear to be. Uh, Will Fuller is going up against a pretty tough Giants defense. You know, a couple of good corners. Landon Collins back in the safety. Noon was facing a sneaky good Cleveland defense that usually tries to lock up one of the receivers on the opposing team. Um, Breda, even though he's playing Kansas City and they look like they've given up a lot of points to RBs, they've had to deal with James Conner and Melvin Gordon the past couple weeks. So Breda's projection, even though he had a great week last week against sorry-ass Detroit, um, maybe not as high as projected there either. As you mentioned, Gio Bernard, maybe not 17, but definitely a safe play, even against a pretty tough Carolina defense. I like Kelsey a lot against San Francisco, and I think Cobb is going to factor in a lot. Uh, as Andrew mentioned, Norman shadowing Adams, I think Cobb could have a, a lot of space there this week. Definitely. Andrew, you have any comments? Yeah, I agree with the Cobb. I think that could be a sneaky play. Um, Gio, though, that projection just seems a little high for me. We just know Giovanni Bernard's not good. Um, they've drafted <laughs> how many running backs with him being on the roster? I want to say right. three running backs or so. So I think for um, between that, but I, I do see OBJ really blowing the top off that uh, Houston defense. Um, we really haven't seen him get in the end zone. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get one, maybe two touchdowns this week. Right. Definitely. Um, you know, I kind of want to give my pick or give the edge to David as my pick here, just because I think he'll be able to put together a decent enough score with his wide receiver core that his running backs and his running backs that he's starting are all very good in PPR leagues because they get a lot of receptions. So I think he'll put up a solid 165 or 170 this week. And it really just comes down to Manny, whether he can, you know, hit or miss. And the difference between Manny's team and Joe's team in terms of hit or miss is that Joe's hit or miss guys are some of the best hit or miss guys in the league. Whereas Manny, even if one or two of them goes off, 
they're not going to be 40 point weeks to carry the other kind of goose eggs from some of his weaker players if that happens. So I, I kind of like, jo- uh, sorry, David's team just in terms of safety along with potential upside. What's your guys' pick? Uh, I think I go with my dad. I just noticed that they're projecting Minnesota to have 17 points as a defense this week against Buffalo. Wow, I did not see that. Which is ridiculous, but also probably not that far off in terms of a realistic expectation against a team that's allowed like four sacks a game to this point. Um, I agree with Andrew. Odell is due for a big week. Had to play the really tough Sunday night game last week. Houston's defense is okay, but I think they're going to make a concerted effort to at least get him the targets he was – Sorely missing last week. And I'm going to go to yeah. – oh, I'll go, no, go with Manny as well. I think his team's going to pull it off. I think 17 – I would be I would be surprised if they don't score over 15 points from a defensive standpoint. And that's just tough to beat when a defense throws up double-digit numbers. So I'm going to go with Manny. Uh, moving on to the last matchup, um, we got Andrew versus Hop. Um, again, two real solid quarterbacks, even though Russell Wilson has been looking a little shaky the past couple of weeks with the horrible offensive line play. Um, some really solid, a really solid core of receivers on each side here. Um, a lot of blow up potential from all three on both sides. Hop obviously has the big advantage here with Todd Gurley. He's just been a monster and he looks like he's going to keep doing that. And the Chargers, uh, even though they've got some real solid guys up front, I think he, they're not any match for him. Uh, Bilal Powell, I expect to see at least four or five receptions tonight to get a good floor. Um, and Andrew, as it's been all season, he's got Marshawn and Sony Michelle in there, two all right running backs who have some real potential but are pretty much due to put up at least 10 points a week. So, you know, you're looking for him to rely on the big blow-up receivers each week. Jordan Reed, again, another real safe tight end. And I actually think Sammy Watkins is a real solid play here this week in a potential uh, blow-up matchup. Austin Hopp you got to stop playing Austin Hooper just because he has a very similar view. Uh, Andrew, I'll let you break down your matchup here. I think it's, it's going to be tough just from whenever you play against Todd Gurley, it's going to be a, a difficult matchup, but I'm, I'm being a little biased here and I, I really like my, my squad, especially in some of these matchups. Like I think you're going to see that uh, Saints Atlanta game be a really high scoring affair. And if that's the case, I mean, it's it's really going to be pretty big for my squad. Um, and similar, Philadelphia has been one of the worst uh, pass defenses in the league. So I I expect Andrew Luck to be able to move the ball. And when he does, usually T.Y. Hilton is the benefactor. Um, but looking at, at Austin's uh, squad, I mean – I, I feel like it's con- kind of outlandish that Rex Burkhead is being projected 12 and a half points. I mean, with, with uh, Sony Michelle back in the mix, um, I really think he's going to eat into a lot of the, the work that Burkhead had, and especially Burkhead's a little banged up still. Um, it's going to be tight for sure, but I think my Chicago defense is going to give me the edge because I'm expecting them to get way more than 10 points here. Definitely. Garrett, what do you think? Uh, I think, as you mentioned, Hop's team has a lot of touchdown potential, as we've known all year with Chris Hogan. Thielen's obviously gotten a lot of targets. Uh, Allen Robinson also been definitely the number one receiver on that team. Uh, to Andrew's point about Philly's defense being allowing a lot of yards through the air, they've also had to contend with Julio Jones and Mike Evans the past two weeks. So 
maybe take that with a slight grain of salt. Mm-hmm. That being said, I do agree that Andrew's team has a slight edge here. I think both of his running backs are in for pretty solid weeks and favorable matchups. Oakland's going to look to establish a run against Miami. New England should be blowing out Detroit. Uh, Cooper should definitely get some looks against Miami too. Michael Thomas, like you said, that Atlanta game should be a blowout or it should be a, a shootout uh, between the Saints and Atlanta. I think what also ultimately does hop in is Thielen has been in pretty high scoring games thus far, but as we know, they're going to blow out Buffalo at home. So they might be, you know, given touches kind of salt in the way the clock pretty early there. So, and also I think Burkhead starting Burkhead against Detroit is a bit of a bit of a mistake. His projection is really high, but I know they like to spread the ball around. It's hard to predict that backfield, but I think they're going to try and work in, work in more Michelle and James White at this point. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think I'd give Andrew's team the edge here. He has a clear advantage to tight end. Um, the receivers are really similar. I think Chris Hogan, it's really unsure this week what's going to happen with Josh Gordon coming back in the mix. Uh, like you said, Thielen against a blowout matchup, they're not going to need him. Allen Robinson is a really hard one for me to predict this week because if you look, you know, even just last week at his routes run that he was targeted on, he almost never lined up in the same spot. He was spread all throughout the field. And they've said that Patrick Peterson isn't going to shadow cover this year, but so far he has been kind of doing that for most of the game. So it's really hard to predict if he's just going to follow him, mm-hmm. even though he's the hardest guys to follow around the field, or if Robinson's going to be moved enough where he'll get out on his own. So I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Hop's team put up you know, a high score alongside Andrews and win it. But the Drew Brees-Michael Thomas stack in the probable shootout there is just – I can't go away from that, so I'm definitely giving Andrew the edge here. Mm-hmm. All right, so next we'll move on. I know Garrett wants to talk about the trade. So, Garrett, say what you got to say. I do – I have to put a disclaimer. I feel bad, really bad if Ajayi misses this week because they made it seem like he was fine. Um, he's had a lot of injuries, but he seems to come back and fight through it. So, I hope he – I sincerely hope he plays this week. But go ahead, Garrett. I just want to know at what time of day and what level of sobriety this trade occurred at before I before I give any analysis on this trade. We were watching the Bears game. He, I mean, I don't know how much he drank beforehand, but we had just smoked a little bit. <laughs> this was just total total robbery by Collins' team. Getting back JJ and Jameson Crowder, who are both objectively at this point, at least for the foreseeable future, with Freeman out, worse players than Cooper Cup and Tevin Coleman. And then just a throw-in of Jordan Wilkins is just beyond me. Obviously, Kurtz, a Skins fan, loves Jameson Crowder, but it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I still am truly a believer in Jameson Crowder. I really think he's going to have a really solid second half of the season. I think he'll come on before then. Um, And I think somehow Kurt believes in him even more than me. You know, it's not like I never. I didn't Are you saying that with a straight face? What'd you say? Are you saying you're a true believer in Jameson Crowder with a straight face right now? Oh, absolutely. I spent a lot of money on him in the draft. I still think he's great, but uh, I, I think they're going to take a while to get into that offense. The game scripts have been really weird. They blew out the uh, Cardinals in the first week, and then second last week they just kind of had a shitty week. Um, I, I think you'll be surprised at his production down the line. Um, I, I, this is the first offer I said to Kurt and I expected him to counter and he just sent me the, uh, offer in the league. So I, I, I don't know. I don't want, I don't know what to tell you guys. I know some of you might be, you know, upset now that Ajayi is not playing this week, but I promise you, you can trust me. There's no collusion there. Um, Andrew, you have any comments there? 
I just really, if you just take away the Tevin Coleman, or if you just look at Tevin Coleman and the Jay Ajayi, it's like, why? Jay Ajayi's knees are not going to be working in a few more weeks. So I, I don't know. I just, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not disappointed, but. Well, I can tell you the idea that, and what Kurt told me, why he was very interested in trading Tevin Coleman is because he saw him as, you know, a temporary guy who's not going to have a lot of production. And if he can sell him to me, who I, you know, I have, he has the most value to me at, or out of anybody in the league, similar to how Garrett and I have been talking offline about in other leagues, selling James Conner to a Le'Veon owner. Um, you know, they're worth more to the person who has that handcuff. So I, 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 I got to say, I understand not having faith in Tevin Coleman down the line. And as a team who's two and O potentially seeing or getting a guy who already has three touchdowns through two games, if his, you know, health can hold up. I, I don't, I think you guys are being a little harsh on, you know, <laughs> But uh, especially, you know, getting a player you love, which is part of fantasy football is being able to have fun and watching your, your teams. Um, uh, you know, I can see it and I, I understand both sides of it, but I don't think he was being as dumb as you guys seem to think. I'm not saying he's dumb. I'm, I'm disappointed, though, in Kurt as a person. Yeah, <laughs> I just think how we don't know how long Tevin Coleman. I think Tevin Coleman's going to have that starting role for at least two or three weeks. So I think he's going to be an every week starter. And even then, he still has a passing role. Like, when J.J. is out, he's out for sure. Like, and also, it's a timeshare even when he's in. So, it's just it's very confusing to me. I also think Jordan Wilkins has some decent upside with Marlon Mack getting injured yet again. He had six yards per carry or 6.1 yards per carry last week. You know, if he can get into, like, a, a Frank Gore two years ago role and get a solid 12 points a game, that's Frank a decent flex, flex option in weeks where you're in a pinch. Frank I mean, Gore is a Hall of Fame running back. Jordan Wilkins. <laughs> I'm saying Frank. I, I said Frank Gore of two years ago. <laughs> Put, putting up 10 to 12 a game on average, no more than 15 is what I'm, I'm saying. You can justify it all you want. You know you robbed fight, that poor fight boy. Me on it. Fight me on it. <laughs> all right. We'll go on to uh, the waiver pickups. Do you guys have any particular uh, waiver grabs that stuck out to you this week? I, I do, but it's going to kind of go with my – call of the week as well i don't want to spoil the fun if you will so i don't know if you yeah so to... i forgot to make that announcement um so i think now from now on, on thursdays we're gonna do a uh, pick of the week little segment where we each pick one kind of slightly under the radar guy who we kind of are going to plant our flag in that week and uh pick to have a, a real solid week here so um garrett do you see anybody on the uh waiver wire transactions that you really thought was a solid pickup going forward this week I thought it was an interesting move by Jay to get Jesse James in lieu and dropping Tyler Eifert for six bucks. Obviously, Jesse had a huge game last week against in a shootout against Kansas City, but I don't think he's much better talent-wise than Eifert, but I think Jay's just looking for any upgrade he can get. I think for his money, O.J. Howard probably has a better upside than Jesse James, but just, yeah. just something I noticed. Yeah, I love Garrett's pick of a Tyler Boyd. You know, last year he had some decent production in some games, but he never really turned it on like you expected the number two to do. And this year everybody thought John Ross was really going to take a step forward and become that role, but he's disappointed so far, and Tyler Boyd has really come on. Uh, Andy Dalton was recently talking him up. So I think that's a great pickup, especially for free. Um you know, Jordan Matthews also by Garrett could be somebody, but he is, has such, had such a disappointing history that I, I don't want to 
put any stock in that just yet. I dropped him already. <laughs> oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, if there's no more waiver pickups, then we'll move on to the last thing, which, like I just mentioned, will be our picks of the week. So uh, I'll let Andrew start it off since we kind of skipped over the waiver pickup you wanted to mention. Yeah, no, I, I, I love the pickup by George's team in Antonio Callaway. I think he's going to be a stud. I think we saw his coming out party last week when he almost brought the Browns to their first win in many weeks. Um, great pickup at $9. Um, and I'm really expecting the Florida Gator, Antonio Callaway, to continue his big playmaking to be an extremely valuable player. I'm going to say he's going to go for six catches, 140 yards, and one touchdown. I think wow. a lot of that's going to be coupled on his speed. And wow. just on the last note, he had he was clocked at the second fastest route ran last week, only behind Tyreek Hill at 21 miles an hour. Wow. Man, that's pretty that's cool. a hot take, but I like it. Uh, Garrett uh, – oh, sorry, Andrew, is that – are you all set? Yeah, yeah, that's it. We're going to see it. We're, everyone get their popcorn ready because we're about to see Callaway <laughs> break nice. out tonight. All right. all right, Garrett, what's uh? Let's hear your pick. I think Andrew's guy, Sonny Michelle, as I mentioned earlier, not only does he have a really favorable matchup against the Detroit Lions, who have given up huge running good days to people like Bilal Powell, Isaiah Correll. Last week, Bray just shredded them up. But he's extremely talented. The Pats, I think it was a statistic like they haven't drafted a running back in six or seven years in the first round. And they traded Cooks, which they are now short on receivers for, to get back into the first round to get this guy he's super talented obviously he has a lot of injury probability he missed the first game with a knee issue that he's been dealing with since college but this guy put up 17 touchdowns as a georgia bulldog last year and as you know the pats running backs everyone likes to say it's difficult to predict their production on a week-by-week basis but they've produced top backs with that formula of having a pass catching back like james white and burkhead not to say that michelle can't catch out of the backfield but he's definitely going to function as their Garrett Blunt type player especially with Jeremy Hill out he had a quiet week last week against Jacksonville only 36 yards on 10 carries but as I said against this matchup I think Belichick's going to try and ram him down ram Sonny Michelle down Patricia's fat fucking face <laughs> I think he's going to get at least 87 yards total two catches and at least one score I like it all right, so for I'll go last, and my pick is uh, Ted Ginn Jr. More of a pick out of situation than out of talent. Uh, t- you know, Ted Ginn has shown what he can do throughout his career. Here, I think he's what thirty-four now. He, he's an old guy. Uh, he's he's a speedster. But this week's matchup is exactly what he's meant for, and the games that you can really hopefully depend on him in fantasy going up against the Falcons. You know, an obviously projected shootout. It's going to be high scoring. Uh, again, saw six targets in his first week, uh, turned that into five catches, seven targets in the second week for only four catches. But he's heavily targeted, even in last week's game, that wasn't really a shootout against the Browns and a low-scoring ferry there. So, uh, and Ted Ginn and his next-gen stats have shown that he hasn't lost a step. He's still running at the same top speed that he was in his prime. Um, and, you know, I just think that with this many points on the board, he's going to catch something and break it off any little break in the defense, any missed tackle, he, he takes one to the house. So I, I think Ted Ginn is good for 
five catches for 90 yards and a score this week, potentially two if it, you know, in a lucky situation. But uh, I think you can really rely on him to put up at least one score this week. I like it. Right. Any last comments, guys? You want to do the rundown? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so we'll just run back through every matchup real quick and just give uh, our final pick and one quick comment if you like. Um, so we'll start with my matchup. Uh, I guess I got to go with myself. I got to believe in my team. It really comes down to my receivers and uh, what happens with the guy I end up picking in my flex. Garrett? I think Jake's got the win this week. Juju goes off against Tampa Bay, and Julio has a big week. Andrew? I'm going to go with Collins squad. I think A.J. Green is going to prove again that he's one of the top receivers in the league. And I think that's going to give him enough to uh, to get the W. First W of the year. All right. Next, we got James versus Curtis. Um, I, I think I'm going to have to go with James. I don't think it's going to be a super high-scoring game. I think it's going to be maybe 150 to 135, but I'm going to have to give James the edge here just because of the potential Ajayi availability. James has got this matchup. Kirk cripples his own team. <laughs> Andrew? James, uh, he's going to get the W. Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson's going to have at least one 75-yard touchdown catch. <laughs> All right, next we got uh, George versus Garrett. Uh, I think Garrett gets the obvious nod here, really all dependent on Leonard Fournette's health. Garrett? I really don't want to jinx my team, but please someone get Marquise Goodwin to play football. <laughs> Andrew? I'm going to go with Garrett. I think his team's just too good. Yeah. All right. Uh, next, we got Manny versus David. Um, here, I think I'm going to, like I said, go with David just because I think his team has stability, and I'm definitely a guy who likes stability more than high upside, low, low floor. I'm going to go with my dad. Odell has a bounce back week. Anunwa gets hit by the Browns as they win their first game. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to echo that. I think uh, Manny gets the W. OBJ, I think, is going to be a top three play this week. All right. Next, we got uh, Joe versus Jay. Uh, I think I obviously have to give the nod to Joe. Just too much upside here. Jay's team still a little weak, but definitely getting better. Joe's team, two most, three most explosive players in the game. Jay's team, starting with Tavius Murray. <laughs> Yeah, I think Joe's going to run away with this one. Yeah. All right. And then last, we got uh, Austin Hop versus Andrew. Uh, I think I'm going to go Andrew's team. Drew Brees, Michael Thomas stack is just too lethal and a potential shootout. Andrew's team wins big. Hops looks like the first week again. Yeah, I think you guys have it right on – hit the nail on the head. I'm going to go with my <laughs> squad too. Oh, what a pick. <laughs> All right, well, that about does it for this week's uh, podcast here. I'm glad we could get Andrew in here and hope to hear see more of you guys trying to join in here in the future. Freak.